Welcome to the Daily Canon Podcast. Hello again, listener. Welcome to episode 189 of the Daily Canon Weekly Podcast. Stephen Bradley here sitting alone again in place of Matthew Wade as he finishes his triumphant run, as it now has to be called, at the Union Theatre in Southwark after playing Othello in Shakespeare's Othello for almost a month to rave reviews. It's been brilliant and... You know, he'll be back next week, full of verve and vigour, and I'll miss you <laughs> for a little bit. But uh, no, like I said, delighted to, delighted to see him get a shot and take it with both hands. You know, it's really been a joy. And yeah, usually, regular listeners will know, usually I I, I fire shots here at, at Matthew, but no shots today. Bit like Newcastle last night. Good God, they were awful. Like, I guess... Why Rafa Benitez plays like that? You know, he's got a very limited squad, not much, you know, not much up front. Even though Rondon's decent and Miguel Almiron is a fine player, but he set up at the Emirates to concede no shots, to have no shots, and walk away with a nil-nil. And even after Aaron Ramsey got a deserved goal after half an hour, you would have thought that Newcastle would have tried to come out of their shell and at least try and counterattack Arsenal. And try and, you know, pick them off on the break. Or at least try and set up opportunities which, to use Almiron's pace and to use Rondon's strength and holding up the ball. But it was one of the most meagre efforts at attacking I've ever seen at the Emirates. They were just dismal. And as a result, it was one of the most comfortable 2 nils Arsenal have had in years. In You know, it was so much so that... You know, people remarking on Twitter would have said, well, that was a normal routine 2-0 win. When's the last time we had one of them? And to be fair to Unai Emery, our home form this season has been superb. Absolutely superb. It's, you know, we've we've uh, we've got 44 points from our home game so far. So have Liverpool. You know, Man City have 45, one more. Like, our home form is exemplary. You know, when it comes to defending set pieces, something that... You know, Newcastle, when they did have the couple of corners that they had, they were like, oh, we might be able to pick up something from set pieces. Arsenal have conceded one goal from corners this this season. One. It's not just the best in the Premier League, it's the best in the country. It's remarkable in some departments how much we've improved. You know, even, you know, like I said, with, with the home form, we've won 10 home games in the league in a row for the first time since '98. You know, it, it is a remarkable stretch of of performances which entitles Emery to A, a lot of credit, and B, a bit of hope for the future. Because clearly what he's doing at home is working. It's not a case of, ooh, we need time to see what's going on here. No, like, at home Arsenal are almost impervious at the moment. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. Now, yes, the performance last night against Newcastle wasn't perfect but considering that if you consider Koscielny our best defender he didn't play our best defensive midfielder in Torreira didn't play our second best defensive midfielder in Xhaka didn't play Aubameyang didn't play and yet again it was a routine 2-0 win it was a case of Arsenal just doing enough to win they, you know creating chances Ramsey playing well before getting injured again and all reports are at the moment that it's cramp, but and we, you know, we hope that there's nothing being pulled and he's been out. He might be, he might miss a game or two because in the form he showed in the first half hour against Newcastle, 
he was brilliant. Ozil had one of those games where he had one or two really good passes and did enough to control the game without actually it showing up in the stat sheet. You know, like he he'll have you know most passes, most passes in the final third, but it won't come up as goals or assists. So it won't come up as match winning, even though he was voted man of the match. You know, it was it was one of those games where he gets no credit for, where he just keeps things ticking, where he makes sure good passes are made, and he makes sure Arsenal don't lose the ball, and he makes sure the right person in the right position gets the ball, and he he you know he makes the defense sit back five yards because they're afraid of the through ball behind them. You know, it those games Ozil has. Three times as often as the games where he'll have a clever flick for a goal or a goal himself. But he'll get very little credit for it. Because it doesn't show up at the end of the season where it says, well, Ozil only has X goals and Y assists. Well, that's only half as much as Bland, a third as much as Mwe. You know, it, it's it's games like that where you realise how good Ozil is. Where he's able to just keep things ticking along and make sure that Arsenal keep in their pattern and keep in their play. But... For large parts of that game, you could tell that with Ozil, Ramsey, and Iwobi behind Lacazette, where Arsenal were crying out for width, especially like a good winger. And as much as you know, Klasenak got on the ball, he put in one or two very good balls in the first half, everything went down the left. You know, like, Maitland-Niles is doing a fine job as an auxiliary right-back, but he is midfielder playing as a winger, in essence, especially at home. And in games like that, it takes him a second, a second and a half, to realise, oh, yeah, right, sorry, I need to be bombing past my full-back. I need to be be making that run to spread out the field. And it's the second to second and a half of a delay that stops Arsenal's counter-attack sometimes developing the way they should. Because that's where Bellerin is brilliant. Bellerin, as soon as he makes a defensive uh, defensive uh, encounter, turns round, gets on his heels immediately, and flies down the wing. And the counter is on, and then they see Bellerin. The defence shifts 10 yards to their left to call, cover Bellerin. And then Kalashnak uh, you know, flies down the left, his own left, in acres of room. Like, that's the difference. That's why it's no surprise to see Arsenal in the news today looking for a wild player, although... Ryan Fraser wouldn't be my first choice, but if Arsenal are only going to have forty-five to fifty million this summer, and Ryan Fraser is a good player, he's a good winger, six goals and eleven assists in the Premier League this season is not awful for a mid-table side in Bournemouth. You know, he's got eight, he got fifteen months left in his contract, so he'll be cheaper. He won't be cheap, but he'll be cheaper. Like if if as it looks, Denis Suarez is going to be sent back to Barcelona with with the receipt still in the bag it's you know Arsenal absolutely need a wide player you know Welbeck can you afford to wait the extra couple of months into October November before he's fully fit probably not you know we're, we're seeing how well Liverpool and City are playing this year you can't wait two months for your best best team to come through you know you need all your players firing immediately and when Arsenal play games like they did last night they need wingers they don't need more forwards they've got you know they've got Lacazette they've got Aubameyang they've got Reese Nelson coming coming back from from Hoffenheim you know they've got Eddie Nketiah they've got a couple of young guys now coming through as we saw today when they beat Spurs after giving them a 2-0 head start with five minutes to go and still bet them <laughs> lol 
you know that like there there is definitely young talent coming through so but none of them are out and out wingers you know maybe apart from Salah but but still he's a, a year away like Arsenal just need someone to bring off the bench honestly a bit like Theo Walcott where it's like no we just need someone with 99 pace just to fly down the wing just to break things up a bit just to just to open up the pitch a bit just to give the likes of Ozil a bit of a you know extra room to work in you know give Aubameyang extra room to work in give Lacazette an out ball because as we're seeing from the last couple of months what he's I won't say it's not that he had he hasn't added this to his game but he was always really good at holding the ball up at Leon anyway but when he start when he came to Arsenal first, he was more inclined to make the runs behind the lines because he was getting so many through balls from Ozil. But now, when he's got Jacka pinging ball into his feet, Torreira pinging balls into his feet, he's showing how good he is at holding up the ball. And when you've got someone like Ramsey, who's brilliant at making those runs behind him, behind the line, when someone holds up the ball, goals like our first goal will always come about, just from good hold up play and good forward running. And it's why Ramsey's going to be an absolute star at Juventus because that's exactly what they miss. You know, they've got Pjanic, they've got Chan, they've got, you know, they've got lots of good midfielders, but you know, and Bentacur as well. But they, but they don't have someone to make that late run into the box. You know, someone, someone that will, someone that will bomb in, someone that will take, take the defenders' attentions away from the striker. And when your striker is Cristiano Ronaldo, that's always a good thing. So Arsenal are going to have to. Find someone that can replace that. I think it's Maitland Niles personally, but we'll 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 see in the summer. It's but yeah, like I said, Tuesday night last night was last night was one of those games where Arsenal just did everything they had to do. They didn't make any silly mistakes. Mustafi's you know most egregious error was bombing down the right wing at one stage, puts in a cross, and I still don't think it has landed yet. You know, he even he even he even made fun of himself on Instagram last night, pitching a poster of, pitch uh, a picture of hit of a spaceman on the moon with the ball beside him, and he said, "Well, at least uh, at least you can still still see the Earth from here." <laughs> so if he's willing to make a laugh of himself, you know, fair play. But it's, but that was it. You know, throughout the game, he was competent. There was one mistake Socrates missed. You know, it can happen. Rondon got in completely fluffed his lines shot the ball straight at Leno and that was the only thing Bernd Leno had to do all game so yeah a very a very routine very humdrum very run of the mill 2-0 win which was exactly what Arsenal needed because they're third after being 11 points behind Spurs 6 weeks ago they now find themselves 2 points ahead of them and with what most people are saying it's an easier run in it's not easy. Like we've seven games left, five of them are away, and as good as our home form is, our away form is well shocking. You know, we we're conceding. What is it? We're sixteenth in the table when it comes to conceding goals away from home. When it comes to taking points away from home, we're below Palace. Never mind below Liverpool and City, where we are in home points. We're below Crystal Palace in taking away points. You know, we of our sixty-three points in the league, we've won forty-four of them at home and nineteen away, and five of our last seven games are away from home against good sides. You know, Everton on Sunday, then Leicester and Wolves and Burnley. You know, like these are not 
easy games. You know, they're not, you know, Huddersfield away or Cardiff away or, or stuff like that. They are team against teams that are still playing for something. We just have to hope that maybe Wolves rest a couple of guys you know, with the FA Cup semi-final or maybe an FA Cup final coming up. But, you know, it, to to assume that the hard work is done and that Arsenal have got one of the two Champions League places sewn up is far from true. As much as I'd like to think it was, it might just come down to goal difference. Like something silly like, like, like that. And Arsenal so far are seven ahead of United in that regard. So... It's going it's going to be a long few weeks, but you have to credit the side for putting themselves back in a position of strength. You know, they if if Arsenal win seven games, they're in the Champions League. And with City, you know, with United still having to play Chelsea and Tottenham still with a couple of a couple of hard games left, five wins might do it. Never mind seven. So it's it's going to be going to be a tricky few weeks, but would you have taken this at the start of the season? Six weeks, you know, seven games left ahead of Tottenham in third? Yes, absolutely. You would. Uh, 100%. So, we can only hope they get the job from, they can get the job done from here. Speaking of getting the job done, uh, time to talk to the Arsenal women's team who don't have to worry about possibly qualifying for the Champions League because they did it. They beat Birmingham 1 0 on Sunday. With Katie McCabe scoring with 10 minutes to go. They are now back in the Champions League after five years. And with a report on that game and Arsenal's women's team in the home is our own women's football correspondent, Sylvain Jamais. Hey, everybody. I'm really pleased to report this week that uh, the Arsenal uh, women's team has managed to qualify for the Women's Champions League season 2019-20. It has been a while since uh, the team managed to qualify, so... Big up to Joe Montemiro, the coaching staff, and all the players for managing to qualify with a free game to spare for the Champions League. Basically, the fans have been waiting for a long, long time for it to happen, and they're all looking forward to more away trip uh, around Europe and also some sightseeing. So the last time, actually, the team qualified was back in 2012 when Laura Ove was the manager. She, the team won the league and she left straight away for Seattle Reign. In the end, the last game we played was actually against Birmingham City Ladies, uh, our opponent on Sunday when uh, we lost in the quarterfinals in the season 2013-14. So it was actually five years uh, on the 30th of March when we played our last game in the tournament. So... What can we say about it? We have a real important history in the competition, actually. We actually won the trophy back in 2006-07 when it was called the UEFA Women's Cup. The team was semi-professional at the time and beat uh, the Swedish team Yumea IK in final 1-0 away with a goal from Alex Watt and 0-0 at home at Bohamud. So... Then we also managed to reach five semi-finals and six quarter-finals, which is really good. We are actually the only team in England who have managed to reach the final and obviously win the Champions League. So everyone should be proud of that achievement. In terms of uh, the number of players used in the league this season to, to qualify for Champions League, it's interesting to note that the coach has used 25 players, including... Uh, 
a lot of academy players who've been moved forward to the first team as there were so many injuries throughout the whole season. So besides the 20 pros, we, we actually used yeah, five or six kids. And when we look actually at the game time for all the players in the league, the, the starting 11 is, is a bit of a surprise actually. So here is how it looks. In goal, we have Pauline Peromania, who has taken over from Sarivan Vinaldal in goal. The French goalie uh, has been very consistent and uh, she's really good on the ball. So that's what uh, apparently made the, the coach choose her over Sari, who's maybe a better shot stopper. Uh, at right back, the most played player is Lisa Evans, which is not a surprise considering she. Uh, has been super this season. The center back pairing is uh, Leah Williamson and Louis Quinn. And at left back, we would have a uh, Dominic Bloodworth in the starting 11 in terms of uh, game time. In the defensive midfield position, we have Leah Welty. And the other two midfielders are Daniel Van der Donk and Kim Little. And yes, Jordan Nobsley doesn't fit into the starting 11 in terms of game time because her uh, ACL injuries actually mean she hasn't played that much throughout the season, unfortunately. And we know she will be back stronger next season. Up front, there's no surprise. On the left wing, Katie McCabe, who has been superb. Up front, uh, Anami Dima. And on, on the left, uh, Bethany Mead. So, this is the starting level. The key players this season have been... Uh, Midima, for obvious reason, because she scored 20 goals and also had multiple assists. She's been really, really exceptional, actually, and very clinical. It's a big change from her first season at the club when she came straight after the Euros, and she was unfortunately injured for most of the season. So with her fitness not being very great, she, she wasn't as sharp and quick in front of the goal and efficient. A uh, new signing from last summer, Lia Velti, has been also excellent. She's been a key player in transition, in attacking and defending transition as well, which is, uh, she's been so important because she, she can regulate the play, but she also breaks down play from the opposition and protect the back for very, very intelligently, actually. She's, uh, she's uh, such a good reader of the game. She can uh, clear some situation and get some attacking impetus as well. As a center by Clea Williamson has been extremely mature as well. So she's been really consistent the whole season and you can understand why she's regularly called up with the Lionesses because she, she has been really steady and calm and collected in defense. The supporting cast have been really interesting as well this season. You have Lisa Evans uh, from the right back position who has been really a strong attacking fullback, creating a lot. She's very quick. She's... And she's also obviously a former winger, so she knows uh, what to do when on the ball and she can create differences uh, on the right wing. Katie McCabe has also been superb in, uh, in the left wing position or right wing. Actually, she played more like an inside forward on uh, on the right side where she actually tucks inside in the half space and to leave the space for Lisa Evans. 
Beth Min has been also exceptional. She has so many assists. She's uh, more than a dozen already and, and a few goals as well. So you can't really ask much more from her and she's been really consistent in her play, even if she doesn't play in her preferred center forward position because uh, the place is taken. Uh, Daniel van der Donk also has been excellent with a lot of assists and a few goals. She's been so versatile this season. She played anywhere in midfield, even in the number six role. So, and also as a second playmaker to help uh, the playmaker when the team is under pressure. Uh, Kim Little also has come back from injury very strongly and is as influential as, as ever. And she's really like. Uh, there's Zinedine Zidane of uh, women's football when she's on the ball. She's so intelligent. She can see play. She can pass the ball. She can score and shoot. She's a complete midfielder. So we have a very strong team. And we actually, the only problem was really the strength in depth. But uh, with all the young players from the academy who got given opportunities, uh, it was really nice to see them all grow and congratulations to the academy team who, who have reached the FAWSL Academy Cup final on Sunday by beating East Wichtown 1-0 in extra time. They will play Manchester United in the final on the 21st of April. So good luck to Lauren Phillips and all the team. Next season, the Arsenal will be in the Champions League alongside Manchester City who have also qualified after beating uh, Liverpool uh, two, two goals to one in with a goal in the last minute by our ex-player Jennifer Beatty. Chelsea will finish third and might qualify for the Champions League as well if they win the tournament this season. They're in the semi-final and they will play the older Olympic Lyonnais. It will be really tough for them as Lyon uh, are really in great form as they manage to beat uh, the second best team in Europe, Wolfsburg, home and away. So, that was it. So, it has been really a superb season and we can now look forward to the title with the team needing only two wins out of the next three games. So, we have Everton at home. Everton are second from bottom. So, we should really beat them. They've just been beaten by Yeovil. And uh, if the team plays to their availability, it shouldn't be a problem. And then the second game from last will be Brighton away. And we should be crowned champion if we beat Brighton away after beating Everton. And shouldn't we not manage to beat crowned champion, we'll still have the final game at home to Man City to make sure that uh, obviously it would be better to... Uh, to be champion before the final game because you never know what might happen on, on the final day. There have been some strange refereeing decisions through the years on final days that have decided titles. So if we can avoid any problem, we are better off beating Everton and Brighton. And uh, obviously the coaching staff are preparing the players very well for it. So it has been a great season for the Arsenal women team. And hopefully it will continue until uh, until the end of the season. Thanks for that, Sylvan. And before we go, it's you know time to talk about 
Arsenal's next game, Everton away. Of course, this being Arsenal, even as soon as we get into a, a small bit of form, as soon as we get a small bit of fixtures going together, our first away game is against a team that had their best performance of the season last weekend. Now, yes, it's at West Ham, but every Everton website that they look on for reviews of the game was saying, well, it's the first time Everton have played well in ages. It's the first time where their attack clicked. It's the first time where, even though they won 2-0, they should have won by 4 or 5. And it would be typical Arsenal to find, you know, to get a couple of good home wins under their belt and then go away and then find themselves up against a team in flying form. And it looks like here we are again. You know, and with Arsenal playing this, this five of the back system, it's going to leave a lot of a lot of room in the middle of the park for their, you know, their tricky little forwards. You know, like Bernard, who loves cutting in from the left. Like Rick Harlinson, who loves dropping back and running in from deep. You know, there's going to be a, a lot of occasions where Arsenal are forced to defend very quickly against people running at them. There's not going to be lots of balls behind them. It's going to be lots of runners with the ball. And making Socrates and making Koscielny and making... Mustafi make decisions on when to tackle and how to tackle is very much a, a, very much a recipe for success if you're the opposition. So it, it's going to be tricky. I still think Arsenal are favourites, but again, Arsenal's away form hasn't been great. Napoli, of course, Thursday night afterwards. It might be just one of those games where you take a draw, frankly. You know, you've built a cushion over Tottenham and United and Chelsea, it might be just one of those occasions where you go, okay, let's consolidate here, let's not lose, let's not make sure our goal difference gets harmed, let's just take a point, let's just reevaluate where we are in six days because this is a good Everton side that Arsenal will be playing on Sunday. It's going to be a test, very much so. And, you know, Tottenham, are, you know, they've got a couple of handy games coming up. It's going to be interesting. Like I said, I think... I do think Arsenal got a little bit of a cushion and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they used it. I don't think... Like I said, I don't think a point would be the worst result. Yes, you'd love, you'd love to be able to just win every game, take the hassle out of it, take the anxiety out of it and just stay ahead of Tottenham, but we've seen so far this season that there's been so many twists and turns in the race for third. You know, it was over three weeks ago. Or six weeks ago, I should say. And now it's very much a four-horse dog race. You know, where... Chelsea are doing everything they can to sabotage their own efforts, thanks to the manager. United are trying to get back into high-tempo football, but seem to not have the players to be able to do it because they keep getting injured. You know, it's it's going to be... A, it, there's plenty of twists and turns here. And, again, I just think that it might be just one of those occasions where it might be a nervy one-all or a nervy nil-nil, and... Maybe Leno is man of the match again, or you know, one of the defenders makes a fantastic tackle. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as us just turning up, playing five, you know, five three two. Xhaka, I assume, would be back. Torreira still suspended. Ozil should play, but it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't. You know, if Ramsey's fit, it might be a case of he plays Ramsey and Awobi or Ramsey and Mkhitaryan behind Lacazette. He might play Lacazette and Aubameyang and not play and not play Ozil at all. You know, there's there's a lot of ways that Emery could approach this. And if he's thinking, just get me out here with a point and let me worry about the next game, I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame him at all. It's the only thing going maybe in Arsenal's favour will be that 
Jordan Pickford won't be there. After you know, reports of pub brawls and punches thrown and internal discussions with the manager, maybe that might be the difference. Maybe having Stecklenburg in goal will mean he might, you know, he might not have full command of the defense as much as as much as the number one does, and it might just be little things like that that help Arsenal qualify for the Champions League. And right now, listener, if I were you, I wouldn't be picky. There, it's going to be a long six weeks to the end of the season, and every crumb of good fortune, every lick of, you know, just every little break that you get. Don't be don't be afraid of taking of it and don't be afraid of celebrating it because there's no room for error here. You know, we've put ourselves in a great position here, but I would rather be lucky and get third than be good and come fifth. You know, we we no this is no time to be fussy. And if it sounds like I'm nervous, it's because I am. But if you told me three weeks ago that I'd be this nervous I would have disagreed with you because I didn't think we were getting fourth. But here we are. We will talk to you next week, listener. Good luck.